You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. I'm your host, Mike Hearn. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of sitting down and sharing uh, Mike Knopp's story. Uh, Mike Knopp is basically the man behind the Boathouse District in Oklahoma City. Uh, Mike, really appreciate your time. Hey, thanks for having me. This is great. I'm really looking forward to hearing the story. And, and like I said, before we dive into what it is that you've created down here, I mean, these buildings are amazing. I always share photos of you know some of these amazing buildings, especially the one behind us. Um, you know, with the boathouse, with the the lights and all yeah. that. Like people, photographers love those pictures. <laughs> I love taking those. And, and definitely, if you check the Instagram page out, you know, you guys who listen to this that follow us on Instagram will notice that we definitely share a lot of these pictures in this cool area. And I know you've had weddings down there, right? People have weddings at the boathouse. We that was a unexpected result of building all of this. Is yeah. we do a lot of weddings here. Yeah. So you're not a minister then? I am not. No. <laughs> so um, yeah, let's get into the story. I mean, how how did you end up in Oklahoma? Were you born and raised here? I am not a native Oklahoma, and I feel like one. You know, I've been mm-hmm. here for a while, but, but, but yeah. But I um, I was actually born in Kansas, and my my dad worked for the federal government, and as a result, we moved a little bit, and so mm-hmm. uh, moved to Minnesota. I grew, I basically kind of grew up there my childhood. I was there for about ten years, and mm-hmm. was on the water a lot. You know, we a lot of lakes in Minnesota. So my dad was a fisherman, and I think it kind of got in my blood there, and then. He got transferred to the D.C. area, and we lived in Annapolis, Maryland. And I used to see uh, rowing and on the, you know, with the Naval Academy, and of course on the Potomac River, and kind of really got interested in it. But it wasn't until we moved to Oklahoma when I was uh, uh, just starting high school and uh, went to Edmund Memorial and uh, became a, was a swimmer, and mm-hmm. but went to Oklahoma State University and. That's when I got into rowing, believe it or not, is is uh, I never thought that's where I would take up the sport. Yeah. Yeah. How was, I mean, did you, freshman, you just like, right, I'm going to join the rowing team? Yeah, there was a, a poster on the elevator door at the at the dorms, and it was a join crew. Yeah. And I thought, boy, this looks really cool. I saw it in Maryland and never thought I'd see it here. And um I went out, and it was probably the worst conditions you could ever imagine <laughs> in terms of the the sport. It yeah. was not um, not anything like this down here in the boathouse district, but it was uh, very primitive boats and equipment. But something about it, the team aspect, the camaraderie, it just really drew, drew me to mm-hmm. it and working through all that adversity and, and had a great experience. Where was the facility that you guys practiced at? It was at Lake Carl Blackwell, which, which is just outside of Stillwater. And... Um, not much of a boathouse at all. It was a tin <laughs> shed and uh, boats that came probably from the 50s, you know, and yeah. old wooden oars. And, you know, it was, just, it was just a great experience. Enjoyed the time there. Yeah. And which, I mean, because there's like, there's so many variations of rowing, right? There's like yeah. the two-man. The, yeah. So which one did you go for? Well, at that time, the the program was, pretty, you know, pretty small. We were in fours mm-hmm. and then at, at the end kind of in the eight and then... Um, and then it was after, oh, you know, my experience at OSU, I graduated, then went to law school at OU. And um, I started to row 
kind of on my own and that's when I kind of got into the single and then the the double my wife and I girlfriend at the time we rode in the double around the country so yeah yeah that's so cool yeah was so back then like what was what we're standing right now like what was this area like back then well obviously this building was definitely no, not here. It, it was a ditch and yeah. that was, it was not, okay. not much more than the ditch it was a really a place that people kind of stayed away from it was um was not, this was an actually an old kind of dilapidated neighborhood area that where we're, where we're sitting right now, where the finish line tower is located. Um, and my actually, what happened was um, when I was in law school, my wife and I really wanted to, you know, get the sport out there to the community and try to engage, you mm-hmm. know, start a program. And I, we found a place at Lake Overholzer, which was actually. Um, it was a rowing club. It was kind of dormant at the time because they were doing some construction on the bridge, and it was really uh, it, it was it was actually the home of the Olympic Festival in 1989. It was just never really brought to the community in a large manner in terms of a big community mm-hmm. program, and it was a little bit out of sight over there. And so we really we we got inspired. We went to the Atlanta Olympics in 1996, mm-hmm. and saw the rowing there and it was that year 96 that we really started this program bob stroud was the uh president of this club out there and we helped him really kind of reinvigorate it and uh you know spent a lot of time those summers getting things going and started pro lessons and programs and one thing led to the other um and you know, essentially, yeah. I had my on my radar was maps, and I knew that there was going to be low water dams that were going to be built as a part of maps. And um, I graduated law school and went to work as an assistant district attorney here in Oklahoma County. Mm-hmm. And I recall at lunch, I would go for runs, and I would jog down here to the what was then called the North yeah. Canadian River, and. Um, and it was again not much more than a ditch, but I would envision you could get up on the the bridge, the Byers Bridge at the time that they called it, and I would see this long straight section of ditch, and mm-hmm. I thought this would really make a world class rowing venue. People had no idea though; there was no culture. You right. know, uh, you being from the UK, understand yeah. that there's a there's a real historic aspect to rowing. Mm-hmm. Well, we had no history for it here. Yeah. Yeah, rowing, like, and I've never been into rowing, but like I said, there is clubs everywhere. There is, you know, venues everywhere back home. Uh, and then obviously you have, like, the Oxford-Cambridge race, yeah. right, every year. And then you have, I mean, in the Olympics, right, Team GB has been fairly successful in the Olympics as well. So it's always kind of, like I said, been in the media, yeah. even though I was never, you know, into it. I always knew people or friends who have been or done it. Uh, so, yeah, it was definitely different to what it is now uh, and different to what it is here uh, and to what this huge facility is, right? Like it's it's massive and it's you know yeah. it's well, pretty I, impressive. And I, you know, in law school, I went to Oxford for a summer and took classes and got to row out there. Mm-hmm. I went to the Henley, which is the probably the most famous race in the world, quite a social event. Right. Yeah, and <laughs> like most events in the UK. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I thought, how could Oklahoma City make a mark in this sport? I mean, rowing is the oldest intercollegiate sport in America. I mean, it's older than football and basketball and baseball. 
and you know we had just n no culture for it here or no no there's no tradition in Oklahoma City but yet when you look at what we had you know thanks to the Corps of Engineers mm -hmm. Decades ago, you know, we actually Oklahoma City was settled on the river. I mean, we were we had and it was the river was a center of activity. I mean, our our we had our first amusement park. Delmar Gardens was at the river. We had our yeah. zoo was at the river. The, the problem was it just flooded and it flooded Oklahoma City. And um, and so everything moved away from the river and the Army Corps of Engineers came in and channelized it mm -hmm. and essentially kind of turned it into that drainage ditch. And that we mowed, you know, yeah. because it just drained, you know, and, and, but it took care of the flooding issue. But the, the end, the, you know, the, probably the unforeseen result of that is they, they, they had a to they channelized a section that was well over 2000 meters long and 400 feet wide and, and straight. Yeah. <laughs> so that is when you look at like the, the Olympic course in Eton in London, mm -hmm. you know, in the outside of London, which was the Olympic course, from the top down, it doesn't look that different from the top down of the river right. if we just had water in it yeah. at the time. That's what I was really trying to start to promote to the city. And people thought it was a little nuts, a little nuts <laughs> yeah. at the time. Yeah. So, like I said, you, you're doing all this while practicing law, and this yeah. is really like your passion, your baby yeah. that you do, yeah. your side hustle or whatever it yeah. is. And you finally get it across to them, right? You finally get it across to maps to help with this. Yeah. How was that whole process? Uh, I mean, I'm sure, like, for you, it was, like, this super eureka moment, right? That you like, yeah. all my hard work's coming down, and it's actually working. It was, there was a lot of, to be honest, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears through, <laughs> through the process mm -hmm. that happened, you know, even to this day, there's just, you're dealing with a dynamic river and lots of different factors, but at, there was a moment and it was, uh, you know, one of my mentors, Ray Ackerman, who, uh, was obviously a civic leader, uh, in Oakland, Admiral Ray was, mm -hmm. uh, in, influential, instrumental, frankly, in the idea of just putting water back in the river, back in the idea, uh, phase of what maps could be. Well, we talked and, when we did the groundbreaking for the first dam at Eastern Avenue for the for the river, mm -hmm. um, I thought we got to put in people's minds what this what an active river could look like, yeah. and because um, I don't think a lot of people thought what would we do with this river other than having water near downtown. Well, it had rained just enough the night before <laughs> that we could float some boats. So I got some friends and we put some boats on the water and. Um, and it worked. And so mm -hmm. in the in the background of the shot of city leaders breaking ground for that first dam was rowing. And that made the front page of the paper. And it was sort of this light went on, I think, and people said, oh, okay, this could be really something special. And that was the next day that uh, Ray called me and we talked about starting a program at Oklahoma City University. Mm -hmm. And so I started a club there and for a dollar a year for a few years kind of got this thing going well my wife started youth rowing and so we were ready mm -hmm. when the dams were complete and we had water come up in the river and i also had start the idea started the idea of we got to have a boathouse yeah <laughs> if we're going to yeah. do this we got to have a boathouse and people thought well is that a shack with boats i said we have something else in mind and yeah. my ideas at the time were pretty primitive only because I thought how in the world am I ever going to raise enough money for this sport in Oklahoma City but something happened which was really the next turning point and that was 
when we had enough water in the river to have an event, yeah. we had our first event. And we thought it was big time that which some people from Wichita came down with their boats to put on the river, Wichita State and others. And and, um, and I think just the idea of having act, an event on the river was really, mm-hmm. really eye-opening for people. And so we had this plan for this metal building, very simple boathouse. And Aubrey McClendon, you know, had supported the idea of probably because I asked him just enough times <laughs> to give a little bit of money. And and, yeah. he, and so we had this plan moving forward. But Aubrey came to that event and um, along with other city leaders and um, and saw the, ac- the ac- action, the activity on the river. And it was I'll never forget that night afterwards we were emailing. And I said, you know, we could go one of two ways. We could keep doing what we're doing or we could say we have one moment to send a message that we have a world-class opportunity for Oklahoma mm-hmm. City with this river. People don't fully appreciate it, but we yeah. have an opportunity. And Aubrey said, let's do it. we got to do this right. And that's how the Chesapeake Boathouse idea was born, mm-hmm. that we're going to do something totally different. We're going to send a message to Oklahomans that we have something really unique with this river, We're gonna, and it's a world-class opportunity. But we're also going to send a message to the world that, Oklahoma, you better look out for in in the sport and you know in water sports and getting activity, you know, activating a river in a unique way. Yeah. And that was the beginning of it. Yeah. When was that? That was about 2003 time period, and it was when Aubrey uh, and others kind of came together to with the idea to help support this idea of a world class boathouse. That then I got a call from Tom McDaniel at Oklahoma mm-hmm. City University, also through the influence of Ray Ackerman, and said, you know, we're ready to start a varsity rowing program for men and women, yeah. and but we'll do it if you do it. And that meant a leap of faith for me from stop, right. you know, practicing law at that time. I was a general counsel at the FAA and um, become a rowing coach. So I became yeah. a rowing coach um, with those law school loans and all of that. But right. I realized this is a chance to pursue a passion and realize how often do you have a chance to influence the, the, the redevelopment and, you know, of an entire landscape in Oklahoma mm-hmm. City. And so I, I took on the role of, as the head coach at Oklahoma City University, started the first rowing program and varsity program in central Oklahoma. And then then that led to getting the boathouse completed, and we needed to start a foundation mm-hmm. to oversee the management and operation. And frankly, what's next? Aubrey loved to ask what's next. Yeah. And we had this idea for all, an entire district, and then we started the Oklahoma City Boathouse Foundation, of which I became executive director right. for. So. Yeah. I mean, it's so cool to just hear all that. Like, it's like come from, like, your passion of rowing to going yeah. to Oklahoma State to seeing, like, a fire on the wall, thinking, I'll do that, and yeah. then going <laughs> to this terrible lake with not a boathouse yeah. to now what we have now, right? It's it's really cool to see. Um, and, like I said, turning a passion into this, right, yeah. to what we have. Um, so when did, like, that first building, when did the first boathouse finish? Like, what was... When was that? We uh, we opened in 2006, mm-hmm. and um, we broke ground, actually. We created a regatta, and it was at that event, the head of the Oklahoma, the OCU head of the Oklahoma, which was really the kickoff, and it became, we realized we had to introduce 
the sport and the river, I mean, really to the community mm-hmm. and needed to do it in a different way. We weren't just going to line boats up and race. And yeah. we had a festival and we had art and music and a petting zoo and all kinds yeah. of activities that, that really, you know, we thought maybe we'd have a, a couple hundred people show up and 10,000 people came. Oh, wow. And that sent a message that there's really something special here. And then, and then Harvard came, you know, yeah. and, you know, who would have thought Harvard? And people thought that's just a, that's a trick to, you know, how much did you pay them? And really right. they came because they wanted to see the sport develop here. And the cool thing about it was they came back year after year because mm-hmm. they loved the city and they loved the venue. And those little points of affirmation along the way really helped propel us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, if you get success and then you have, like, more funding for more buildings, yeah. right? And then, you know, then we get to the River Sport Rapids, yes. right? Which is, I guess, the latest. Yes. Um, yeah. And then... You know, you attract like Olympic rowing yeah. and Olympic water sports to Oklahoma, which I'm sure 20 years ago you were thinking this is never like that's never going to happen. Olympic rowing was probably a yeah. dream, right? It was like, how in the world are we going to get from a place that had no history or or tradition in the sport to becoming a one of the nation's premier hubs for the sport in less than 10 years? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it was kind of mind blowing to think we could do that, but again, it was several things along the way. A lot of challenging moments along the mm-hmm. way when, like, multiple 100-year flood events <laughs> that we <laughs> we never expected that were challenging it seemed to always happen before big events. But yeah. um, you know, I, I just kind of highlight a couple things. You know, we were we thought we needed to send a big message once we got the Chesapeake Boathouse built and we had this vision for not only the um, like the boathouse district, multiple boathouses, getting universe, other universities mm-hmm. involved, seeing something very unique come together. You know, Rand Elliott being the architect really helped us put together what this vision was in a way that we thought could be iconic and transformational for Oklahoma City and people's perceptions of Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. But we felt like we needed some events to really convey that to the world. And so we created our own event called the world challenge it sounded very official <laughs> you know it wasn't the world championship but the world challenge, challenge. Yeah. but um and i went out around the i went to the world championship that year in munich germany to say i'm going to recruit some teams and we wanted to have mm-hmm. not just a club we wanted to have the olympic team come here yeah which is a maybe a little bit too aspirational but i was naive and i thought yeah. i'm going to go and they're all going to want to come well, I left that event with like one team, and it was like the Republic of Georgia, which was great. But you know, and I and and so I was a little nervous. Yeah. You know, how's our what's our debut internationally going to be? But right up and before the event, so, you know, I, I was able to thankfully got the U.S. team. Of course, they committed, and then after enough convincing, mm-hmm. Canada committed, and then because of that, the Czech Republic committed. And then because of, you know, one thing led to the other and the Australia, you yeah. know, committed. And and so we had a real international event here in 2007. It was like a mini Olympics little right. for rowing. Yeah. These were the top teams and they came. And I talk about points of affirmation when the Australian coach afterwards says he was blown away. So this is one of the best events and venues we've been to Mm -hmm. in terms and it was the full package it wasn't just the river but it was the city and how we're the thing that's so unique is we have this venue in downtown this is very unique to have a venue venue in downtown this is even 
you know, back in 2007, it was we were far less developed than we were today. Yeah. But Bricktown and it was the hospitality. That's an X factor. Mm-hmm. Just Oklahomans and the the way we rolled out the red carpet and had a great event and and so that the success of that event led to well, you know, this really is a world class opportunity. And so we were able to, you know, get the support. Thankfully, with Devon and, and others supporting the Devon Boathouse and this $10 million world-class facility. Mm-hmm. And the idea was it was going to be home to Oklahoma City University, but also home to high performance and attracting Olympic hopefuls. Um, so because of the success of the World Challenge, we attracted the Olympic trials for mm-hmm. canoe kayak and for the Beijing Olympics. And one thing led to the other on that. There's some scary moments right before the event with some... Again, you learn to yeah. you learn the dynamics of the river real fast, and and having world class events. I sometimes envy my friends who are involved in like at the Thunder or the Dodgers who they're either inside or you put a tarp over the field. And better weather here, it's like you've got a dynamic field. Yeah. And right before the event, we had one of these big flood events that may have involved losing the race course a few days before in yeah. a truck and other things. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> but the, at the end of the day, we had an event and it went really well. And they told me it was one of the best Olympic trials events they've ever staged because, mm-hmm. again, the full package of Oklahoma City. And that created a lot of confidence in the U.S. Olympic Committee, which then led to us becoming a, an official, U, the only river in the country to be designated as a U.S. Olympic and Paralympic training site. Yeah, that's again, that's nuts. And I think <laughs> that like this is like in the, like an Oklahoma of all places, yeah. right? Um, that really doesn't have many strong ties to rowing or the history right. of rowing, and we have this amazing facility that's like for the elite yeah. you know um, and I, I came down when I first came down here to one of the events I came down to the conference championship yeah I think the OU won or OU women's won yeah um, I had a friend who raced and I, I growing community the first time I'd seen it and it was people lining the bridges at the yeah. finish line like it was nuts yeah uh, and it was really cool to see like for a sport like and me being a golfer right nobody really kind of watches college golf unless right. it's on TV and I kind of felt the same about rowing. People probably don't yeah. think that much about right. it. And then seeing how many people were out here, and it was all day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that it was awesome to see. And I'm sure for you, it's like, wow, this is like. Well, it's you know, it is it is great to to gratifying to see people really kind of starting to embrace it and get involved. But there was a real strategy behind that too, because we didn't want it to appear elitist or too you know, um, un, you know, not. inaccessible to the community and so from day one we started you know youth programs outreach programs adult you know all kinds of community rowing uh, initiatives you know one defining the two two really things i think were were help really helped propel again the development of a culture in a very short period of time was we wanted to make rowing like the new softball (laughs) so we created a corporate rowing league and rowing is the quintessential team sport, so yeah. you got to work together. You got to, mm-hmm. commu- you know, and so we felt like it was a great thing for companies to get involved in, and 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 it really took off. We had, you know, almost fifty teams, and uh, helped quickly develop. When people are talking about a little trash talking about the other, you know, companies and their their time on the water and racing, you know, that really helped develop some excitement in the yeah. community among, you know, the the different companies and getting involved. But similarly, getting a very large youth program and and focusing on 
breaking every barrier down and providing access to all kids. So, you know, even if, he, if they can't afford it, there's a way to get involved. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing that in the last 15 years, there's been nearly $4 million in college scholarships that have been, that have come to kids that have started a row in Oklahoma City. And so, mm-hmm. Part of our mission is we want to provide this. To, we want to expand the reach as far as we can and get more schools involved. We got about 15 Oklahoma City public schools and middle schools that are involved, and then kids from across the metro. Yeah, and does that? I mean, is that one of the reasons why there is like a climbing? It's not or not just rowing down here, yeah. is it? And it's not just water sports. Like yeah. you have a climbing and, and like a. I guess you can. Rep- is the right word across the, I mean, there's amusement and, yeah, stuff here yeah, yeah, outside yeah. of rowing. Let me touch on that a little bit. You know, so there was a point, um, in fact, it started early on, even before there was water in the river, about, like we were, I was envisioning, and t- we were talking about whitewater back then, mm. thinking, how can we make a really true water sports mecca in Oklahoma City? I mean, this is the state where you know with the grapes of wrath and the dust bowl and things you know there's this perception of you know and so we thought you know how can we've got this great opportunity we can kind of kind of change that perception but also enhance the quality of life and really for me it was never just about rowing ever it was really about kind of infusing an outdoor culture into oklahoma city through an active riverfront and just getting people into adventure and activities. And we felt like, you know, having boats on the water creates people on the trail. I mean, people want to be around, you know, where there's activity. And so so part of it was we also knew we wanted to just get people down here and get involved and get outside and uh, get active, get away from. And, and we weren't known, Oklahoma City wasn't known for this place with this. It's not like we're Boulder or a place yeah. with a great outdoor culture. But we I thought like we really could create some things and so we don't have the mountains we don't have the ocean but we could do our own thing with this world-class river but also creating climbing and uh, high adventure experiences which then led to the idea of this giant sky trail which I researched all over to try to find what could be that thing that's it's not an we weren't bringing like Delmar Gardens back which is the first amusement okay. park but we were going to want to have elements of that which is like creating family fun and memories but it was all going to be about being active and mm-hmm. adventurous and so climbing a 75 foot tall you know ropes course structure in a harness and over the river and and then you know free falling off the rumble drop or zip lining across the river you know have these giant the tallest dry slides in America, all these high adventure activities, I thought was a way to really make this not just a program, an event destination, but a place that people come every, you know, in the day, every day in the summertime. And it's an attraction for Oklahoma City. Um, It really, I think it was a special, I thought of as a really unique and special formula because we have the authenticity of being a true Olympic and Paralympic training site. Mm -hmm. And in this place that you can also have your own high adventure and world class experiences that maybe inspire you to then get more active. And maybe you you come out and you go kayaking on the river. And you think I could do this more and become become get in a program and maybe start go paddle at our Lake Overholster facility in the wildlife refuge and yeah. really become you know again make this part of your lifestyle. Yeah, that's awesome. Like it, it really is. I mean. Again, just looking at how far it's come, and and it's very, 
I'd say this very Oklahoma. It definitely is an Oklahoma thing because, like you said, you're not. It's not just rowing. Like, because right. rowing is just like people see rowing as quite an elite kind right. of like snobby kind of sport, yeah. right? Especially in the UK. Um, and you know, doing the Oklahoma thing by reaching out mm-hmm. and creating activities around the sport that's not directly linked, but you're in the same vicinity right. to create awareness without yes. pushing it on people right. is, I th- is is something that's like, it comes across to me as a very Oklahoma thing to do yeah. and adding value. And like you said, you had the events here, um, you know, and I came down to when we had Google in Oklahoma City, we had the yeah. Google event here. Uh, and I guarantee you 90% of those people had never and probably right. never will set foot you know, yeah. in a rowing boat um, but to come down to this area right and they know exactly what it is uh, and use the facilities that have you like I mean there's plenty of buildings down here to host events right. isn't there so that's that's another thing that's a really cool thing and I'm sure for you to see that is like you know yeah it's rowing it's great it's an Olympic training facility but it's also a venue for the city and yeah. for every Oklahoman so. well we think you know a couple of things when we designed the buildings with Rand you know it was really important to you know there's there's a lot to be said about these buildings. I mean, there's a, there's a whole narrative about, you know, there's a symbolism involved in them, and, of course, that represent the sport. But when you're in an event facility, you are overlooking, you're looking into the boat base, so that we really kind of embrace the fact of what these mm-hmm. places stand for. But it's not just a back... This is a real working boathouse district with real programs, and, again, the authenticity, which I think is important, which I think Google loved from a standpoint of... It's a high-performance training center, which, you know, conveys that, you know, that that then connects to, you know, business and other initiatives about high performance. And so, you know, we think the Boathouse District and what we can bring to Oklahoma City is a trans, you know, this is is, um, a differentiator. You know, there is no other city in America that has what we have. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have... We have this unique riverfront in our downtown. The way we've activated it is very unique in the way we've engaged the community. Nobody has the boathouses like we have or the, the combination of the adventures. And the and so it is a very unique formula that we think is a differentiator and, frankly, can change perceptions mm-hmm. of Oklahoma City. And, and now adding the rapids, the whitewater to it, um, really takes it to another level. Yeah. And Things are happening now as a result are things, again, similar to what the Olympic piece did to transform what we thought the, this river could be. We're seeing happen with the Whitewater Center and, and transforming, again, these pr- impressions of Oklahoma City from an outdoor destination. And, mm-hmm. and being, you know, for example, in August, we had the paddle sport retailer show come to Oklahoma City. Which why that's meaningful is the fact that it was in Salt Lake City for for years and yeah. it broke off from the largest outdoor retailer show in the in the world and they were looking for other locations like outdoorsy places yeah. and we convinced them to come here and said just take a look and right. they thought well this is crazy that we're coming to Oklahoma City you know all this is not the place you identify yeah. we're not like Bend Oregon or you know Asheville North Carolina but they came and. We're thought we're blown away mm-hmm. by the fact we have this river and whitewater next to each other, and then downtown right there. So they had the event, and then the retailers and the and the vendors. It was like a, it's a business to business event mm-hmm. of the outdoor industry. Thousands of people, you know, involved, and they came. Kind of some people kicking and screaming, like we're not we're going yeah. to Oklahoma City. And they came, and they had an incredible we had experience. We had this demo day here at the river and on the whitewater and the river. 
and people were just again couldn't say uh, enough about the experience mm-hmm. in Oklahoma City, and so they got they said it was the best event they've ever had. They're going to come back multiple years, which then gets the outdoor industry thinking yeah. of Oklahoma City in a different way, which I think is very powerful. Yeah. Definitely, because it's not like. Like I said, we don't have mountains. You, yeah. you know, I, we have indoor climbing and stuff like that. But it's not like, I mean, I know there's friends of mine who hunt and they like to be very outdoorsy, right? right? But in the grand scheme of being outdoors, yeah. Oklahoma's not on the map, is it? Well, and now that people literally are leaving Colorado, mm-hmm. they're leaving Colorado to come here to go yeah. kayaking. Is whitewater kayaking is pretty amazing. Yeah. So yeah. So I think that in and of itself is changing perceptions and in creating an economic impact in many different ways. And we, you know, we did a uh, independent economic impact study last year and found that you know just the boathouse district and all the events and the attractions it brings over a twenty-three million dollar annual economic impact. So things that probably we didn't think ever expect yeah. to happen with this this ditch that we had you right. know, 20 years ago going back to you knocking yeah. on the door yeah. for maps all the time now yeah. they're like okay thanks like, yeah. it was yeah. worth it yeah um when the river sports opened were you did you were you the first person to go down were you on that first boat i was one of the first i mean yeah. i i will tell you i was again I, my background is more rowing not whitewater right. so I'd say there was a little carnage involved, <laughs> a little swimming involved. Yeah. And, and back then, you know, we have a world, truly world-class whitewater center. Like everything else here, it's yeah. authentic, it's real, it is not a lazy river for any, by any means. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the, the cool thing about it is we can adjust it and make it, you know, and really at that bad. time, yeah. it was really big water. So, I mean, it was, it was a pretty harrowing experience, and, yeah. um, but it was great. And, and again, it was one of those things I'm like, this is just so cool. And it's, and mm-hmm. by doing it right, you know, and that's the beauty of maps is yeah. we've, we do things the right way. We did things in a way that, you know, we didn't cut corners and we have this venue that um, the second day it was open. Mm-hmm. We hosted the Olympic trials for the Rio Olympics for whitewater, which was a little crazy, but, yeah. but he had the same kind of comments about it as we did about the river. And so, um, which I think is, was tremendous mm-hmm. and plans to host the next one as well. The next trials we're working on that. Yes. In yeah. fact, you know, we, we, nothing's official yet, but you know, for, you know, coming up to Tokyo, we, mm-hmm. we have both in our high performance center, we've got athletes, you know, training here. We have those Olympic hope dreams, but we're going to actually host in April the first ever time that the national team trials for flat water sprint and whitewater slalom will happen at the same time at the okay. same place. Yeah. That's, that's just the unique thing about this venue is we can have both. Can have so both. we're going to set the stage for Tokyo doing that for the Olympic trials. Yeah. And we think that's a really, really exciting opportunity. And with having both here, you can create a buzz and create an event around a community kind of outreach to everything, right? Because it it just has a bigger impact. Exactly. And, you know, again, I want to underscore that, you know, we we don't want people to think, gosh, this is for elite or Olympians Mm -hmm. because... 90% 90% of everything that goes on here is people who just want to come out and have fun and experience it. And we've tried to make it very accessible mm-hmm. for everyone. And, you know, the cool thing about coming to River Sport Rapids is the fact that you can have a truly you know, the same type of experience you'd have in Colorado or any natural river, but 
just downtown Oklahoma City. And, and in fact, in many ways, people say it's a little the adventure may be a leave even higher here because we have these rapids class three and four rapids that are all together there's no big break in between so it's it's kind of non-stop yeah but we have extremely highly trained guides from literally all over the world so you don't have to have any experience you go mm-hmm. through a kind of a trip talk session and they take you through a uh you know a whole hour-long experience and at the same time, the Olympic trials might be going on. So, I mean, the fact yeah. is, it, it is, it really, that's the unique aspect is that it's for everyone. Do we have any uh, Oklahomans in the Olympic trials or are they from out of state? Well, at this point, we're still building our talent. Yeah. You know, we're young, young <laughs> enough in our, our, but we've had a lot of people. We're now seeing on the, on the, on the kayak, on the flat water side, on the mm-hmm. river side, rowers develop here and kayakers develop here that we think are going to be um, of a national caliber and podium potential uh, talent for the future Um, we've got young paddler who's you know literally like ninth in the world right now because of from jones oklahoma you know jones oklahoma he came and got involved in paddle sports and so it's pretty amazing these these opportunities that come to kids in in oklahoma city and i think even the u.s olympic committee sees that that this is fertile ground and you know we had a we had one of two places in the country that had a scouting camp last may and it was for the next olympic hopeful initiative and um and they identified a guy that um has now moved to oklahoma city to be in it was on nbc and he's Mm -hmm. gonna and he's been touted to be the next olympic hopeful really incredible guy Ladarin, and uh he he's you know we'll see but the, mm-hmm. the idea is la olympics is in 2028 less than 10 years from now so yeah. the olympians of 2028 are kids in our schools who may have not even picked up an oar yet or yeah. a paddle they just got to get exposed to it and so you know rowing is the kind of thing you don't have to have done since you were five years old to mm-hmm. to be an olympian yeah um what's next like what is i guess the plan for the future out i mean obviously yeah. attracting more uh, you know olympic hopefuls and stuff like that but what you know from just a general district perspective what's well, your views for the future i mean really the, the the future for me is about building the culture it's about getting changing uh continuing to infuse this outdoor culture into oklahoma getting more people outside and active we've got these incredible resources all interconnected by trail now we have our lake overhaul facility mm-hmm. we now manage the lake hefner marina we have sailing programs so the idea of just getting people involved in these lifestyle activities and doing you know new developments and attractions here that kind of convey and propel that mm-hmm. um, certainly over time we see more commercial development coming around here that complements what we've done you know all the boathouses are very unique and what they they all serve a different function although they feel very connected you know so like the university of central oklahoma's boathouse brings art and music to the mix while also having a national championship women's rowing team there yeah so we think more of those types of things art and music coming into play um with river sport rapids you know we're only getting started and we think that creating a scene that people want to just come hang out enjoy this world-class facility we have about eight million dollars 
dollars of enhancements coming and, and expansion coming through MAPS 3, through the surplus mm -hmm. funds that are going to create some things that had to be taken out early on for budget reasons, but due to the surplus funds we can bring back in, which I think are really important mm -hmm. to the, the uh, expanding the demographic of users. So we're going to create some really cool water features, other wa so other things to get wet doing, yeah. but, but for all ages, for kids, for small kids, for adults, um, maybe a little surfing, maybe um, some high, more high adventure, bigger yeah. zip lines, things like that, and more climbing, because climbing goes really yeah. well with what we're doing, outdoor climbing, um, and some more bike features. You know, we have a world-class bike park, too, yeah. that has developed um, that we're going to continue to expand upon. So all of that, I think, goes hand-in-hand hand with, in, you know, continuing to advance this culture, mm -hmm. getting more people active, healthy, and uh, and we'll see where that goes. Yeah, I'm excited, especially, like, I, I think, I want to say Wales has one of, like, the largest na uh, man-made surfing machines. Yeah. So I, one of those, I've seen one of them, and they would be they would be really cool to see and bring surfing here. Well, you know, we, we think, we actually, in the Whitewater, the way it was designed, Hand it to we put a lot of thought into the design of our center. Mm -hmm. It's probably the most advanced in the world. A lot of people don't realize there's a lot of dynamics that go into it. Why I won't bore you with. But that's why we actually do STEM programming, correct? Because there's mm -hmm. all this tech, science and technology and engineering involved. It's like you know giant Legos that make yeah. the rapids. But we have uh, two waves at the bottom. You know, what's cool about our center is we turn the water down a little bit at 5 o'clock and you can go tubing. Yeah. But we also create a surf wave so you can literally surf, mm -hmm. you know, boogie boards, but also people who are good enough can get on a surfboard. Um, and so we're going to keep tweaking that to get kind of build this little surfing culture and maybe have some additional um, additional traction that elevates that surf scene. It's another yeah. sport. It's another thing in the mix. Um and, and so, we, you know, things like that, I think, will really continue to kind of build that culture around just being active and outdoor. And, you know, we're going to finish the second floor of the Whitewater. There's about an 8,000-square-foot area mm -hmm. that will become a conference center and, uh, and a leadership center. We're one of the few places or the only place in the world that combines all of these things with that Olympic authenticity mm -hmm. with whitewater rafting and ropes course and dragon boating and all these things and so to have like a leadership program centered around that that brings people to oklahoma city it's another great thing yeah but then we can take that to our youth and provide leadership opportunities that we they would have never dreamed in oklahoma city um which is which is exciting yeah and so that's so cool and i also mentioned we you know on the other end of the spectrum that people a side benefit of having a world-class whitewater facility we have one of the top swift water rescue training facilities mm -hmm. in the world so having first responders train and it has a public safety impact and we've we've expanded that to now include wellness health, health mental health and physical wellness programs mm -hmm. taking the high performance focus that we've had with our programming and, and putting that and offering that to first responders so we've actually have 33 percent of all oklahoma, oklahoma city police and fire have signed up for this program that's just another really cool thing. Half they have rowing teams, yeah. so you know it's just kind of all around, you know, making this part of our culture. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, Mike, I really appreciate the time. This has been awesome uh, to get to share this story and you know what you have developed and this whole vision that you've had. You know, from like I said, starting rowing at OSU to now <laughs> looking at this, you know, all these acres and these beautiful buildings. It's really cool to see what you've done. Um, 
you know and just been so passionate about and driven like I said to just consistently asking the right people right and yeah. knocking on the door and and then obviously you know with the maps community that's that's helped out um it, it's really cool um how can people listening reach out get involved like what what's what's the best way to sure. get in, in a lot of ways to get involved um riversportokc.org is our website um you can follow us on our facebook page we're you know, we've got a lot of folks that you can really find, you know, what we're, we're always doing something new, whether it be a music event, whether it be floating films, whether it be just coming out with your family and going paddling or coming to an event, mm-hmm. volunteering. You know, we've got a lot of volunteer opportunities. But, um, you know, we're, we're a nonprofit organization at the end of the day. So the cool thing, all of the attractions, all of the things that people do, and they it supports a cause. It supports getting kids on the water who would have never thought they'd have a chance it supports olympic dreams so just coming down and get, bring your family out to go rafting supports a great cause or getting a pass or a season pass we've got a lot of great things in store we love to see a day where it's like this is kind of like our version of having a ski venue in, yeah. in oklahoma city get your river sport pass and just make it part of your lifestyle it's it's a world-class opportunity for people here and and uh just unique truly unique to oklahoma city and so uh we just encourage you to get involved yeah awesome thanks for listening guys we'll catch you next week thank you for listening we are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories for more great oklahoma content Follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram. This podcast was produced by Mike Hearn and Ian Weston. Mixed by Alan Brown, with music by Chad Duro.